0: Hey guys, have you ever wanted to be on a podcast talking about all things theology? If so, listen closely because Downer Church is the first spinoff show to the System is Down podcast. On most Mondays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we host a completely open discussion on Skype about whatever you guys are pondering in theology, and everyone is welcome to join. Whether you believe in Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Cthulhu, the Flying Spaghetti Monster, or nothing at all, you are personally invited to join us for a fun, raw, no-agenda chat about whatever theological topic comes up, and nothing at all is out of bounds. You can currently listen to episodes of the show on YouTube if you are a general audience, or on Podbean if you are a Downers Club member. So come be a part of the show, help us redefine church, and revolutionize podcasting on the Downer Church Podcast. For more information on how you can join the discussion, just visit tsidpod.com forward slash church. The following is a Goulash Media production, goulashmedia.net. Welcome to The System is Down. What is up, Downers? Welcome back to the least comfortable show on the web, The System is Down. My name is Dan Smotz, and if you're new here, this show is a place where we talk about all things uncomfortable. Namely, but not limited to, conspiracies, politics and religion. And today we're talking about Waco, which if you're not familiar with it, it's basically a conspiracy to take political action on a religious group. So slam dunk on all three counts. And it's a really crazy, interesting story, and I want to get to it as quickly as possible. But before we do, I got to let you know about two things. The first, of course, being the Downers Club. The Downers Club is our patron group where you can contribute as little as $1 a month and help keep the show going, help keep the show. Building, Keep the lights on, everything flowing smoothly, do your part, and in return, you get a plethora of weekly bonus audio content. Uh, the last couple weeks, I think we've done a minimum of three bonus episodes a week. Craig and I do a, a show called The Anti-News, which is just our hot takes on what is happening in the world. Ramzo Martinez and I do Would You Rather Wednesday, which is where we just play the most horrifying game of Would You Rather that we can We do Downer Church, which is just open theological discussions that you can be a part of, as you heard in the ad at the top of the show. We do Rotten Potatoes movie and TV reviews. And whenever I can, I do extended interviews with the guests that come on for Monday's episode. So tons and tons of content being basically given to you for free. Uh, You can walk around for a month looking at the ground and easily find at least a dollar so go check that out, help support the show, give a little something back and get a whole bunch in return. You can join by going to tsidpod.com forward slash support. Also, if you're not already a member of the System is Down forum, it is our free, open, uncomfortable conversation forum where you can just come in and talk about all these topics that we dig into and whatever you have on your mind. Uh, most of the guests that come on the show are also members of the forum. So if you have questions for them, you can just go tag them and ask them directly. Or if you want to come in there and tell me how I'm running my show poorly, you can do that as well. You can tell me that I ramble on for way too long at the top of the show. Whatever you want. So if you'd like to be a part of that, just go to tsidpod.com forward slash forum or just go to Facebook and type in the system is down forum on your little keyboard and it should pop right up. Uh, It's a closed group, so you'll have to request to join. But if you look like a human being, I will let you in. No problem at all. Now, on to the real thing that you're here for my discussion with craig and justin about the american tragedy that is waco let's get weird my guest today is justin last name he wishes to remain anonymous because that's how, how crazy we're getting into this topic um justin would you do you have a preferred alias that you would like to go by
1: we could go by. Uh, Justin seems uh, just,
0: oh, good one.
2: Good. <laughs> it's actually Justin Timberlake. He just doesn't want us to know.
0: <laughs> and in that beautiful voice you just heard was my co-pilot, Craig, for this episode. Craig, how's it going?
2: Oh, it's it's going the same old, same old.
0: Yeah. Well, we're doing a, a bit of a round table. It's more of a triangular table because it's just the three of us discussion on the topic of Waco today, which is actually a topic that I knew almost literally nothing about before justin brought it up to me um i knew that there was some sort of conspiracy some sort of skirmish and um that was about it and i knew that alex jones and bill hicks both loved it and that's about the extent of my knowledge or at least it was a few weeks ago so very interesting topic definitely wanted to dig into it and justin you are a uh, you you've dug into this pretty <laughs> extensively so yeah you are here to be our, our expert do you unfortunately accept- right do you accept yeah, the expert yeah. role uh,
1: unfortunately
0: all right i'll
1: accept it uh
0: yeah
2: let me let me just say before before this the amount that i knew about it see it couldn't have been too long after the fact because i remember our mom me and your mom daniel yes. um she had made some joke about which why would you make a joke about it but she had <laughs> made, made some joke about the branch Davidians or something like that. Just like kind of a like a cult joke or something, or oh, it's just another cult like the Davidians or something like that. Some, something weird like that. And I remember asking who the Davidians were, and I remember her saying, This guy who thought he was Jesus um went and took a bunch of hostages and lit everybody on fire. That's about as far as that went. <laughs> that <laughs> conversation went. <laughs> but Good thinking one, back oh well, thinking <laughs> back to it, that couldn't have been long after because i remember i had to have been really young when having this conversation yeah. and so this happened in 93 which would have made me uh, about eight at the time so it's probably roughly right around that time that she was already joking about it I think <laughs> too soon already mom
1: come terrible,
0: on terrible person our mother um <laughs> no, you're not you're not alone on that
1: i i remember when i first started re- researching this and i went to ask my father about it <clears throat> i was like dad do you do you remember Waco? He was like, "Oh yeah, that was his uh, those religious nuts, and they you know they killed themselves." And I was like, right. "Hmm, hmm, yeah, <laughs> really?"
0: <So laughs> he was like, I- "Yeah." It's funny until how that story, how that has become the the ongoing story, and the only thing that people know is they believed something weird, and they were out in this place, and now they're dead. That's that's pretty much the extent of common knowledge. <laughs> until
2: recently, I always got them in Jonestown mixed up. I was always like, "Yeah, Waco, the guys who drank the Kool Aid, right?" and no, that's not it right? yeah. at all.
1: That's, <laughs> so, that's what the media, the media tried to do. I mean, that they really were just painting these as a bunch of crazy <laughs> religious kooks. And I mean, I I wasn't. I mean, I was a ch- like a, an infant at the time when this happened. But from mm-hmm. my understanding of talking with people who grew up during it and remember it, I mean, they that's what the people believed. I mean, yeah. all the people thought, you know, these these guys are just a bunch of religious nut jobs, and that was it was their fault.
0: Right. Yep. Well, so where do you want to start? Let's get uh, into it.
2: Yeah, let's so get, let's get into the background of them, so we can actually have an understanding of who the Davidians actually were. Yeah,
0: let's give a kind of a brief overview of the the whole spectrum, and then we can All right. start tearing apart.
1: Sure. So, uh, basically, the the branch Davidians were a sect of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. I think they broke off for some, you know, I don't I don't know the politics behind the the reason they broke off, but it was back in the fifties. There were various leaders um that moved out to uh, Waco, Texas. And eventually, through various internal politics, um David Koresh, and that's that's not his real name. His real name I think it was Vernon Howell. Vernon.
0: Correctly. The name yeah. of yeah. name of the true savior. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> he he kind of became their de facto leader. And uh it, it really kind of the, the Davidians came onto the radar because of um well there were a couple of things they they were engaged in the gun business so they had they had owned a lot of weapons i mean they were texans so that's just par for the course but they also right. uh, bought them sold them they saw it as an investment i mean it it was back then as well so you could buy a gun one day and sell it a year later for a profit yeah mm-hmm. um but so there was some skepticism around that the uh the ETF you know they they wanted to justify their budget the President Clinton had just been elected. There was concerns about cutting back certain bureaus and looking into getting a big gun busting ring was probably a, a good call on their part. Mm-hmm. There was, there were a couple other things. There were some claims that, uh, David Koresh had been involved in some mm-hmm. underage marriages, which is, yeah. it's not let really me, clear about that. Let me jump in for a second. Going back to the gun
2: thing. Um, oh, sure. the, uh, before we get too far away from it, um, the whole basis of their sect of religion was almost like which they make them out to sound crazy all these like gun collecting like what's it called apocalypse fearing cult but what it basically was was a religion of um what's the word i'm looking for um preppers it was a prepper religion basically they were Prepping for the end of the world. They were stuck there. One, one of the reasons besides collecting, yes, one of the reasons for collecting weapons was if the world comes to an end, they want to be prepared for it. And they don't they want to be able to defend themselves when their their thought was that the government Babylon is what they called gov- the evil government. Not necessarily America, but a Babylon government was going to come against their religion and they were going to have to defend themselves. So that was a reason for stockpiling the weapons. And then,
0: so Justin, you say they they were also dealing, like they were selling, and uh, yeah,
2: yeah, they would gun show uh, type selling, not like illegal selling, like gun shows. Sure,
1: yeah, Uh, it's actually kind of incredible. Um, I was when I was reading into the gun part, even before the whole thing happened, uh, anytime there was any question on the side of the Davidians if what they were doing was legal or not, I mean, they were very friendly with their local sheriffs. They would go down, ask, Are these parts okay? Are these modifications acceptable? Is this mm -hmm. all within the law? um there was never really anything that was hidden it was just sort of the standard Mm -hmm. firearms i think at
2: one point in one of the documentaries we watched um they like a member of the atf claims that he had called like once he knew he was under suspicion david koresh had called in to discuss it with the atf and they're like uh we got david on the phone and somebody a little higher up is like, no,
1: don't take that call. And this was like shortly before the raid. So yeah, 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 exactly. So what what happened was the ATF was talking with their, de- their one of their dealers, like one of the guys that the Davidians would be working with, about the their firearm ownership. And the dealer said, hey, I got Koresh on the phone. If you want to talk to him right now, and Koresh knew and he was ready to go talk with them. But the ATF at that time, this was, I think, uh, the previous year, nine, in ninety two. Um, was like no, no. We the ATF did not want to did not want to engage just yet. It's not actually pretty clear. It's not immediately clear why that was the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, right. um, if yeah. we're gonna kind of, which I kind of suspected we would, um, instead of giving an overview, if you want to kind of just keep telling the story and digging into pieces of it, that might be easier. Which is kind of what we're doing. Um, but before we do that, I think we should talk about um, just kind of the suspicions around what was going on. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, there's all these allegations of like child sex stuff or like multiple wives, which is pretty, uh, that's pretty documented as fact yeah. for the wives. But um, yeah, but all the people in the neighboring community say that these people were weird and different, but they were also extremely knowledgeable in scripture and they were extremely friendly and they had, not really a bad thing to say about them to their knowledge at the time. Um, do we know like where the allegations came from for the child sex issues and that type of thing?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there were a few cases of Davidians who decided to leave the church and there was some small disagreements there. It's not immediately obvious what was going on from the research I did, mm-hmm. but any anytime that any claims were made, I mean, CPS did go to visit uh, the their their home and found no evidence of anything, anything, any wrongdoing. And the one case of this one girl who testified in front of Congress after the fact about having been um, molested by Koresh mm-hmm. was being paraded around by her father in med- many media outlets. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, for, for all I know, Koresh did do some pretty weird stuff, and, and frankly, maybe he did. It's, it's, right, it's right. definitely documented that he was with multiple wives. It's definitely documented he had fathered multiple children. and
0: Which is justification it, for arresting well, that, David yeah, Koresh. That's, well, that's not <laughs> yes. even it. That's yeah.
2: justification for yeah, the ATF, to, ATF alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, right. if they yeah. were concerned about the children. <laughs> ATF what does that have to do with ATF at all right absolutely nothing about his um like I'm not gonna say one way or another whether or not he was engaging in bad stuff with children or underage or stuff that should should be questionable Mm -hmm. but um I yeah I think like Justin said it was documented he had up to like seven wives or something like that he had like um, something
0: wives I believe I was just watching a an ABC thing. Um before we got on here it was like 20 to 30 by then. They were end. talking
2: about how some of them were I I didn't hear the youngest. I think somebody said may have mentioned like 11. However, in Texas even now um 14-year-olds can get married with their parents right. consent. Yeah. So if if there, a there, parent were, there is was consenting a lot of age to somebody issues th-
0: but there was a lot of things that could really skirt by legally uh based right. on what their laws were at the time.
2: Because none of the parents are coming out, except for maybe this one that the girl is going around and the the one actual witness to it. Um, no other parent is saying, "Hey, um, he was doing this or this to my child." If yeah. anything, they were all in on it. So if the girl was fourteen or older, there's nothing you can do about it based on even
1: today's Texas marriage laws. Right. So yeah, for all that aside- go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say all of that aside, and, you, and you're absolutely right. I, all, if if we were to assume that it was the case that he was doing you know easily immoral and then debatably illegal things, that does not justify anything about what we're just about to get into <laughs> Right. <I> mean, that, <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah, so like like I said, jan- all of this plays into this th- this story that should end with and he was arrested, and they were all set free, and everything was fine, right? That's what happened. <laughs>
2: even the people of the town came out afterwards and said, He's out in town almost every single day. He goes jogging by here. He comes into my restaurant and eats oh, almost every day. He, eats he could Walmart have every day. Yeah, at any point they could have just picked him up and thrown him in the back of a van, and nothing would have happened, or just arrested him right there in the street, put cuffs on him, and taken him in, right. and, and they did. that would have been the end of it. And, and um, to
0: clarify, I don't, I don't think we've said it yet, but this is all like this whole community and commune is happening in like a compound, like a little. Uh, I don't know what you call it, Mount it's Carmel. Like it's like a base. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so I, I don't think you guys are doing this on purpose, but I, I, I think you might, you might have drunk some of the Kool Aid using. <laughs> The terms "compound" and "base" because the entire right. thing was militarized by the FBI and the ATF to make it seem like these guys were terrible people. Now, sure. I'm not saying you're wrong for saying. No, that you're absolutely
0: right. It, like words like, are words are tricky. Um, I, I'm looking for the right word. A, just a, a it was community It a collection basically. of
1: houses. It was built from scratch by these people, and I think it's worth clarifying because, um, I think, you know, that we were. I don't remember if this was during the recorded session or in our pre-show chatter. We're talk, These people were compared to the the Jonestown cult people. And uh, mm-hmm. the idea was that Koresh was this sort of like, uh, you know, leader that was mesmerizing and capturing these people. But these people here were on their own free volition. They were from around right. the world. It was multicultural. There it was were like
2: people from there was England. doctors coming over yeah. from England to right. join this this religion. And they wanted to learn he thought their excuse was, I want to learn the Bible. And he right. knows a ton about the Bible. And he didn't have that. Um, well, Jones what was his. What was his first name? I can't think of his name. Anyway, hey, that guy had like a mesmerizing voice where like he almost hypnotized you when he talked. If you, heard, if you guys, I'm sure, listened to David Koresh, he did not have He's that mesmerizing not exactly
0: voice. He's exactly a beautiful motivational speaker.
2: <laughs> he talks like <laughs> Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. Nothing nothing to right. be mesmerized
0: to. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, like I said, I was watching an ABC thing that I think just came out last year on the Waco stuff. Um Either last year or early this year, which is this month, but um, yeah, the, it, just the whole thing is spun in such a. These were crazy people, and this guy was just convincing them. Like he's so manipulative, and he just speaks so beautifully, and convinces everybody that he's right. It's like I'm not, I'm not hearing that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm not getting that. And uh, for people to come from miles and miles away to listen to this guy speak and um, like. Husbands were like, eventually giving up their wives to this man, like because it was God's will, which is crazy. Yes, but right. to to say that it was just because he was such a great speaker is crazy. Um, he he, I don't know. Clearly, he did something right, but uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. So I guess to uh
1: to summarize everything we've just said about the sort of the background leading up to the initial serving of the warrant, which we'll get into that in a second. Basically, these were a bunch of people from around the world, all who, who all shared a similar faith. They there was no real complaints amongst anyone in the town, other than that they were kind of a bunch of weird people. Mm-hmm. They were very open with the local government. They were just selling guns like any Texan in the '90s would do, Sure. and just wanted mm-hmm. to worship the way they Not wanted to that worship. Much different them. than today, either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: all right. but, mean, uh, yeah, slightly more non-conventional from traditional the traditional christian values that you would you would see in like texas or something like that and i think that might have had a big part to play in it it's just
0: not a that far off. from it <laughs> no but you but, have a central figure and that's the difference
2: <laughs> and my thing is one thing talking about cults before we move on to the actual the event um every single cult that we go to like we become uncomfortable with, they always have the same things in common, like pedophilia and multiple wives. And they're always like violent people and they're always taking like holding their people hostage or mesmerizing. It's just like the, it's like out of the cult book. It's like, if you want to be a cult leader, you have to follow this book. Or that's just what (laughs) they tell us to get us to not like somebody that's
0: slightly Yeah. Well, yeah. The the term cult, I mean, obviously they weren't calling themselves a cult um, that was put on them and that that could be put on Christianity. It could be put on Scientology, Mormonism, everything, Mm -hmm. which it has been on all of those things. Uh, What's the difference other than time? Like you've got people starting a religion based on a book. Somebody and... <laughs> had
2: said the difference between
0: a cult and a religion is a hundred years. years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
2: I can't remember who said that. I'm gonna have to find it and put it in the notes or something.
0: Yep. Anyway, Justin, you were summarizing. Go ahead.
1: All right. No, I think I think that's it. So I, I think okay. the eventually what led led to the comp, the initial confrontation was they were they they've been wanting to get these people for weapons violations, whatever that means and oh another thing that's worth bringing up too is that uh was allegedly a methamphetamine <laughs> production facility at the at the at their place
0: oh um, where based did that upon, come
1: yeah it was based upon some heat map photograph that turned out to i i don't know exactly what it was I, but it was there it was not them making meth so sure. it's it's interesting that they they thought they thought that quote unquote um so they actually teamed up with the, the ATF, teamed up with the military, yeah, to right. prepare. Uh, yeah, but you know, the way to get them to team with,
2: The way to get them to team with the military was they, they punched it as a drug raid, and so mm. that, that makes sense. The, the methane makes sense
0: now. So, so they, they based that entirely off of it was hotter in this area.
1: Pretty much is well. <laughs> my understanding. It was just a really bad photograph, like a photograph that said, ah, this is hot. And only things that are hot are meth labs. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was something else, but it was a very, very weak. It's either argument. meth labs or they're burning their children.
0: Oh, or we maybe a going. boiler room or a hot tub. Who knows? <laughs> well, if that uh, wraps up the the introduction, let's get into the real story here. And right. once again, I'm, I'm assuming it is they went in, they arrested this crazy guy, and they, they took him to jail. The end.
1: Well, Dan, if, if that was the case, then I'd be in a good mood right now. But it, <laughs> that was not the case. Yep. So
2: you, watching these documentaries, didn't you just get more and more pissed as the more you watch? Mainly the uh, the congressional hearings and stuff like that, oh, yeah. watching Chuck, Chuck oh. Schumer talk. Mm-hmm. Watching him just run his mouth just pissed me off because the whole time he's like – Obviously, this doesn't happen, and you're the only one that believes that this would possibly happen, and then somebody from the ATF comes in, and he's like, "Actually,, um, we would use this for this if that were the case." and so I don't know. I yeah, yeah for me, any,
0: anytime somebody uses the word, obviously, I'm already pissed no matter what they're talking about. so
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I felt a combination of of anger of depression. I mean we'll we'll get to it, but it's it was it was something. So it's uh let's go back in time. It's February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three. Where were you on February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three? I was I don't know I don't know if I could walk at that point. It's not clear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I was drinking a so, surge and playing video games, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been What's, five. Yeah, well, you know, I was a an early bloomer. <laughs>
1: so it's early in the morning, and uh, while the ATF is getting ready to go and serve their their warrant, uh, what's interesting to note is by the time the ATF agents had shown up, the news media was all there, and there was evidence and testimony by various news media personnel that they were tipped off by the ATF that something big is going to happen. It was the their. Yeah. Uh, it
2: was their their press person it was their um um like press relations. their pr person mm-hmm. like yeah they called up several different stations like not like national stations even are like oh we just wanted a point of contact in case something goes down this weekend <laughs> yeah and but that was right, so
0: that was whose yeah. pr person
2: uh the atf's pr person right. just okay. called into media
0: so the
1: the ATF. All um, right, this, this got a lot of things to go through here. So they were planning on this being a, a surprise, and up until that point, the ATF actually had a an inside guy at with the Davidians. One of their agents was um, acting as if he was a Davidian and keeping tabs on everything that was going on. So that morning, um, one of the newsmen actually had warned a postman that was nearby. Um, the mount Mount carmel that there was going to be a shootout soon well it turns out that postman was a branch davidian and he went back and told david koresh and the people there that hey the atf's coming they have you know they're, they're coming for you guys mm-hmm. and david koresh apparently knew that the guy the one of the um knew about the undercover agent and said hey look i know you're i know you're an agent you should go talk to these guys and tell them that i'll come out and talk with them that there's Nothing bad's gonna happen. We'll, we'll work this out. So he left. the The undercover agent left. Went back to the ATF. So the ATF knew that their their cover was blown before mm-hmm. they even showed up. But that aside, they they just kept on going. They want. They didn't want to stop. They had they had shown up. There were helicopters circling the facility. There were agents showing up in cattle trucks. They were and ready. They, they rolled in
2: like what was it like seventy five eighty deep for the to yeah. give the search warrant. And then later claimed well, – uh, well, we'll get into that. Uh, later claimed
1: they are outgunned, like <laughs> so, 75 ATF guys. Right. They, uh, they show the, – all, all the agents show up to serve their warrant. Now, first thing uh, – when they show up, this is where things get a little murky because uh, we don't have any of the six different videos of the initial encounter between – David Koresh and Perry Jones at the front door and the ATF agents serving the warrant. Uh, That videotape is missing.
2: That's not, like, (laughs) conspiracy. That's not, like, oh, these are missing. Looking that Like, in those congressional hearings, one of the guys on the stand was like, well, conveniently enough, we can't find those videotapes. (laughs) And so this is, like, unknown. This is one of the known things, that all these videotapes are gone.
0: In in my digging into it, I didn't even see that. That is mind-blowingly huge i mean so the yeah we, we served yeah. them the papers and we shot video of it but we lost that video so
1: <laughs> and the front door is missing too yeah <laughs> so i mean, uh yeah we'll get to that so the, the fbi claims that the davidians shot first through the door the davidians claim that they were shot at first and that's where the big trouble comes like so who shot first how does it happen right well an, an obvious way to solve this thing first would be to look at the door. Mm -hmm. Well, as uh, Craig alluded to a couple seconds ago, the door also is missing in evidence. The FBI lost the entire door with the bullet holes on it.
0: Before we get to that, I mean the big issue with that and why that matters is because um, if the, what's the agency? ATF. ATF. (laughs) ATF, If they shoot first, and I mean the law states that if they are not using reasonable actions to achieve their goal then the branch davidians have the right to defend themselves they have the right to you know shoot back so it's a it's a huge deal whether or not they served them the papers whether or not they discussed anything Uh, as far as we can see at this point to my knowledge they rolled up and started shooting or somebody started shooting
1: yeah so the the all evidence points that the atf showed up there was no intention of actually serving any papers, and this was backed up by testimony of multiple agents that they had all forgotten their search warrant in their cars. There's no <laughs> evidence that the search warrant actually was there. Was on the site. morning. Of, yeah, uh, was on site. It's not clear at wow. all if it was there. Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> like you can so, tell yeah. when in the videos because. Like you said, the news crew is there videotaping all of this. Mm -hmm. And what you can see beforehand is just them running up saying, please search warrant. And they're just instantly running at the door. It's not like even attempting to remain calm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're probably going to get into when David answers the door, I'm sure.
1: Right. So all evidence points to that. The the first shots were from the ATF taking out um, some of the dogs that the Davidians had out back. What what eventually happens is they're getting shot. The, the shots are being exchanged. The the ATF is on one side shooting in. The Davidians are responding. Um, an interesting photograph that was taken moments after the ATF went to the front door shows, and I, I'll, I sent it to you both earlier, um, shows a bunch of ATF agents kneeling out in the open. So if they really were under heavy, if they were ambushed mm-hmm. by heavy Davidian gunfire, you'd expect all these people to be... Heidi? shot but they they look they look fine to me yeah, so there
2: literally it's there's three of them literally knelt on one knee, drop to one knee directly behind the door in that photo you sent us right. like yeah they, the the official story is the Davidians started shooting through the door. well, the first thing you're gonna do if you start receiving fire from behind a door is get away from that damn door not drop to your knee and start shooting <laughs> like back at that door you're gonna get away from the door also so, yeah,
0: also the big question is um if you are the branch Davidians. Why are you shooting through the door expecting to hit somebody instead of out of Mm -hmm. a window? Like your first shot fired, let's just shoot out the door. Why not? Yeah. yeah.
2: After David (laughs) closed the door too, David came to the door, opened it, said, whoa, whoa, there's women and children here. He went to pull the door shut and then supposedly the Davidians started shooting through the door. It's like why wouldn't they open the door and just – Open fire. Right. I like mean, the women and
0: children weren't standing right there. If you got guns back right. there that about shoot through the door, open the door, pick some people off, mm-hmm. and then close the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd think. So, so we're at this point, there's gunfire going on. We don't have any footage of the initial knock. We have lost the door, but there's gunfire happening. So what happens next is the Davidians are panicking.
0: Real um, quick. Sorry the, sorry yeah. to cut you off again. We keep saying lost the door. I, I don't know if we're being completely clear. The This door it it matters a lot to determine where the gunshots were coming from because the if they're blowing through this way or that way uh it's big piece of evidence literally we're not saying like you know we've lost the door the door's blown off or whatever no the the door was a piece of evidence and the door is gone now somehow it they lost that exist. piece of evidence and right. yeah that well can't be the, brought into the case
2: the videotape initial videotapes of the front door and then the front door itself cannot right. be they're Looking. nowhere to be found. So right. the two main pieces of evidence of who shot first just don't exist at all.
0: Yep. Most
2: important
1: stuff. Sorry, Justin. Go ahead. No, no. That's perfectly fine. So <clears throat> when I heard this, well, the the <clears throat> documentaries we watched included a lot of nine one one calls. And what it's it's pretty interesting to note that the Davidians had no idea what was going on when they called nine one one. Yeah. One that's, of the that's Davidians, really evident.
0: Was, like, it's very yes. clear that they weren't planning this. All I right. think
1: the guy's name was Steve Schneider called, called the local sheriffs and said, hey, we're being shot at. Tell your guys to stop shooting at us. And the sheriff, I don't think, had any idea what was going on. Now, he, the sheriff tried to radio the ATF, but mm-hmm. the ATF turned off <clears> their radios. They could oh. not get contacted by the sheriff.
2: I don't think the ATF had radios because later on you see them in videos telling the news guy to go call not g- call for an ambulance. So right. I don't think they even had co- mo- like methods of communication. That's how ill prepared they were. I mean, if they did shut uh, them off, I don't yeah, know if it's ill
0: prepared. It might have been planned. Like we don't need contact. We're gonna go in. We're gonna so wipe they- these guys off the map, and then you know it doesn't matter. And then their guy started dying and then they had to radio help.
2: Right. And like I said, they didn't even have a method to communicate or a backup plan if some of their guys did get shot because they're yelling for the news guy. Go call 911. And so (laughs) it's just crazy to me that you want to at least have some kind of a backup for a medical like evac situation when you are playing when you know there's a potential, obviously, that there's going to be something like this happen. Even if it wasn't a plan. <laughs> well, clearly, shootout.
0: if you roll up with, like, three trucks of of uh, artillery and guys on, like, cattle trucks, right. something's going down. You're not just going to be there to serve papers and talk about it.
2: And if you've ever planned out any kind of – I don't know how the police does it, but in, like, a military operation, at least, in the very least, there's, like, a bunch of – logistical steps that have to go into that planning which yeah. one would be like in case of this do this in case of this do this right like there's a lot of steps going into
0: it so it's not just roll in and see what happens
2: <laughs> no exactly So and i think i did see one atf person had said in an interview they're like so was there an actual raid plan and he had said there was pieces of a plan <laughs> like they Sounds never had right. <laughs> completely they'd never completely finished the plan they're just like all right we got to do this now let's take what we got and go
0: Right? Hey, Dan Smotz here. I'm taking a second to interrupt myself talking to talk about myself because, you know, I don't get paid a penny for the hours and hours that I put into creating this show for you guys and your greedy little ears. And I've got a family to feed. To make that happen, I run my own media business called Goulash Media. If you have a need in anything from video production to graphic design to audio production and beyond, you can get it all for a painfully fair price at Goulash Media. In video, I do weddings, music videos, commercials, pageants, plays, etc., etc., etc. For design, I do photo editing editing album art, logos, branding, business cards, merchandise, you name it. For audio, I do engineering, production, editing, jingles, and, well, podcasts. So if you've got a media need of any kind, or if you'd just like to give a little something back and help keep my children fed, check out all the endless options at my website, goulashmedia.net. That's goulash, G-O-U-L-A-S-H, media.net, where we cater to the little guy with the big vision. (sighs) Okay. Okay. If it is just a raid plan, and they're just going to roll in and make stuff happen, like what? What do we know? What those people said was their agenda exactly? Was it drugs? Was it sex? Was it guns? Do we know exactly?
2: The main after fact was the children were in danger, and that was the biggest. So roll thing. in and
0: start shooting, and see how many I, kids you save. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's just their. Uh, get people like emotionally riled up against the cult or whatever. Oh, the children. Oh, the, like the The baby
1: incubator, the, the initial thought. And it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, say what they're, what they really did at the time. This happened so long ago, but I think it's, wouldn't be too far, far fetched to claim that the ATF wanted to justify their existence some more. And -hmm. what better way than to have a very successful, um, gun bust.
2: very publicized bust very publicized they thought it was going to be probably thought it was going to be like a hands down we're gonna go in and this is gonna we're gonna win this it's gonna be all on tv
0: Crazy people, we'll just take them down and then it'll right. look great for us. We'll come out
2: with what 75 guns or something like that. It'll so, be all caught on camera and everything will be great. I mean, that's just how leading up to it, that's what it seemed like. It's like right. you called the news up, you tipped them off. The news was there before they were there, so the they they got probably great footage of these <laughs> vehicles rolling in and helicopters coming in, and then it didn't go nearly well, how they did. Which, wanted another to go.
0: thing that is really important here is. They say that the Branch Davidians fired first, and they are these hostile, crazy people. Um, you rolled in with uh, guys with guns on open cattle trucks. Like, there's no cover, no nothing. You're completely exposed when you roll in long before the gunfire happens at all. Like, you guys are just out there in the open. If they were, like, just ready okay. to start picking you guys off, they could have easily started picking you guys off, like, half
2: a mile mm. away. Yeah, and they were saying that this road was like the flat This is like the flattest area where you can see like four miles away because like the later on, you the, the press is pushed back like a mile away and they're able to like view in all the way on the compound. That's how flat mm. this area is. So they yeah. could have people up in like the upstairs picking people off from a half mile away. If they yeah. really
1: wanted to ambush them, they could have probably killed a lot more than four people. Sure. so i want to I want to circle back to something we were talking about earlier about what the ATF thought would happen is they go in there. they they get a bunch of guns. they have people arrested. They look great. Well, what's funny to note, and now this is just pure, just a, a very <coughs> weird coincidence, is the morning of the raid, or the morning of the the twenty twenty eighth, before the ATF shows up, the 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 guy who is like their chief uh, gun dealer, had left the compound with something like 90% of their guns uh in, in like an, in a in a truck, just taking it down to Austin for a, a sale. And mm. so like the majority of their guns weren't even there at the point. So it's mm. just kind of incredible to imagine that, like what what if they didn't? What if those guns were there? How would that have changed this entire narrative? Right. But it's important to note that. Later on, once we get to the future a little bit, when this guy, the gun dealer, found out that this was all happening, he called the ATF. It's like, hey, I got their guns. They're right here. You know, want me to come down and talk to you? Like, let's work this out. Right. And they tried, like, they arrested him, but then they had to let him go. It was just it was a Crazy. Th- kind of a mess.
0: So, I mean, that could go one of two ways. I mean, like, did they, does that indicate that they, that the Branch Davidians knew that something was going down, that, like, they were going to be raided and, like, they were going to be found to have more than is legal or something, and then they shipped some stuff out. Or is it more? Uh, that's just their normal dealings, and they—it's probably the latter less.
1: <laughs> because they—they uh, they would always do that. I think the, these gun shows that they would go to now; these are not like private in the alley kind of gun shows. These are like giant public, like right off the highway. All the gun dealers would come to it, and this these would happen weekly. So I think it was sure. just kind of funny that the day they'd. The ATF decided to do their raid was the day that the majority of their their what the good normal stuff. people would call inventory, <laughs> yeah. the FBI and the ATF called stockpile, right. you know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't wasn't there. Most of it wasn't. So sure. that's just kind of interesting. Um, but I guess anyway, to to finish up the the main events that happened on the twenty eighth that led to the fifty what fifty one day siege.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So as the shootout progresses. It leads to some deaths. I think it was six branch Davidians were killed, and four ATF agents were killed on that right. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Davidians, while on the phone with the eight AT- or the sheriff, and I don't I guess they might have got patched into the ATF, started claiming that the helicopter was shooting at them, which was kind of a questionable thing because they claimed the helicopter wasn't shooting at them. and there was mm-hmm. this huge back and forth in one of the interviews or uh, one of the documentaries, if you remember, where the the f the i think it was the negotiation guy was was being very weird with his words he was saying well there's no guns on the helicopter and he's like no they're they're shooting at us and eventually they he got the the video got the other guy to admit it's like well there's no mounted
0: guns on the helicopter he said there there, there are guys with guns on the helicopter i can't confirm that they shot but they weren't mounted on the helicopter like it's total wordplay like started there are no
2: guns there's no way they were shooting to, well, yeah, the guys were armed on the helicopter, and who knows, maybe they were shooting at you, but there were no mounted guns. And that was actually between him and David Koresh, because Koresh yeah. was like, that's bullshit, that's a lie, right. because they are shooting at and us And he acts right like now. David
0: is insane. He's, uh, like, right. At the beginning, he's like, no, obviously. And then he yeah. like slowly backpedals, he's like, well, yeah, you said this, and you're not making sense, and... Like <laughs> massages his way into. Yeah, I said that there's no mounted guns. Like, okay. A, are people shooting a, us from helicopters, or are they not?
1: And now, a piece of can. evidence for uh, the hel- people actually shooting from the helicopters was there was a Davidian who was on top of their water tower. Who there's some footage you can see of him. What it looks like yeah, him I getting shot. His corpse was left up there for days because yep. the Davidians like couldn't get him back. Five days. Yeah, yeah. That, and they weren't
0: given allowed the to angle, go and
1: bury him. It's unlikely that that was he was shot from the ground. So <laughs> right, it's uh, almost impossible.
0: He was on top of a freaking water tower. He was yeah. shot and killed. And there's a lot of uh, bullet holes and stuff that definitely indicate that there was from above fire.
2: Well, there was. I was listening to um, the back and forth at the congressional <laughs> hearings, and they were talking about how there's bullet holes through the roof, which indicates helicopter fire. Well, I think it was. I want to say it was Chuck Schumer running his mouth again he was sitting there saying well our atf agents were down on the ground shooting up in a four-story building so the angle up obviously there was going to be bullet holes in the ceiling through the roof i'm just like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) so they're going through the walls and then through the ceiling
0: yeah it, it doesn't take like a forensic agent to figure out that it's coming from from the ground up through two to three stories through the ceiling or it's coming down through one layer of rooftop into the compound and or the you uh, know, no, the happy normally, houses or whatever you want to call them. I don't know.
1: We could just do forensic testing on this, but oh wait, the compound was burned to the ground and all the evidence is gone. So yeah, that's bul- just a, right. I mean, that that could be a coincidence. That, and then right, after, it uh, that the, seems after it burned to the a ground, a slight, was bulldozed. slight
0: setback. Yes.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I guess um, all right. I think that's spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get
2: um, some of the. Uh, After effects of that, like you said, four ATF agents were killed. Um, Immediately after, there was three Davidians who were coming back that weren't in the shootout. They were coming back home like they had gone somewhere. I don't know if it was for this weapons deal or what, but they are coming back home. They got stopped by the uh, ATF. And according to the ATF, one of them pulled out a handgun, and so they shot shot him like 11 times. Because of that one handgun. And then
0: <laughs> an ATF
2: agent, an ATF agent, as well as one of the Davidians who got arrested, because they arrested two of them, shot the one. Um, both an ATF agent and one of the ones arrested said as they were being walking back, um, they heard two more bullet shots at that guy after he had already been killed. So they had put two more bullet shots Double into his head. And yeah, there was, um, The autopsy shows two bullet holes into his temple afterwards. So it was like, let's just make sure this guy's dead. It's like, that's not, that's not self-defense. Oh, this guy might be shooting. me. that's, that's like straight up execution right there. If it's one, if
0: it's one guy with a pistol or whatever, let's say he drew something, you shoot him down. You don't have to make sure he's completely dead. Like clearly he's not taking you guys out.
2: (laughs) And his body as well was left for five days out in the heat. Um, before family members were allowed to come retrieve his body and bury it. Yeah, and right, there there right. was
0: also, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in just the horrifying treatment of these people during the 51 days. Like, the guy, one of the guys was buried. They came out and buried him out front, and then they, like, took a tank and ran over his grave, like, five times or something, like, back and forth mm-hmm. uh, after they buried him. The oh. ATF did.
2: Before we move away from February 28th and get into the siege, because the siege, there's sure. so much that to talk about with the 51-day yes. siege. But on February 28th, if you just watch videos, um, it looks like a straight up, like something you would see in like Afghanistan, like a, a village raid in Afghanistan or something like that. It doesn't right. look like, yeah. doesn't look like a police operation. This is a full-fledged like military tactical operation. There's people like, I mean, if they were just going to serve search warrants. Like immediately there's people on ladders climbing onto the roof, mm-hmm. like they had this all planned out. they had stayed didn't they like stage it in like Fort Knox or something or like practice and practice for like months for this this delivering this um I don't search know. warrant Justin would have to weigh um, in on that I don't
1: know yeah that. yeah there there was a lot of a lot of practice raids working with the the military on on getting this what you would expect to be to walk to the door and knock and say right. Police, warrant, let's talk. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it seems like they were preparing for something bad to happen.
2: I mean, I understand if you expect that they could be violent, you bring in some backup, like maybe bring in like 10, 15 officers with you or something, like to stay back in case something does happen as you deliver it. But like we said before, there is no evidence that they intended at all to deliver a search warrant or even just arrest David Koresh. The evidence, yeah, everything points at we want to go in and raid this place and have
1: a full-fledged military-style raid. And as you mentioned earlier, Craig, um, when we were talking about Koresh, they could have picked him up at any time. He would go out every single day. He'd go he'd go jogging, go to Walmart, go to restaurants. At any point, if they <clears> wanted to get him, it, it's not like he was hiding. So it's it's just very suspect, to say the least.
2: All right. So now, four agents dead. You know what happens when a cop's killed?
1: Yeah, gets in.
2: Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> well people—they just, just want instant revenge. They're going to get their pound for pound, exactly. Flesh of flesh, and I mean, as it sounds, that that's the case. When like a military member or a cop or somebody gets killed, one of your own gets killed. You want revenge, and so things just go and escalate from there really quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So basically, over the next almost two months, the. uh there's, there's consistent contact with the people inside, the, inside Mount Carmel and with the, with the FBI. Um, some people leave on their own free will, again, proving that Koresh wasn't holding anyone there. Ha- they had to stay. Everyone who was staying was staying inside because they didn't want to release their kids out into what was outside, out, out into Babylon, as, as they might have put it.
2: Yeah. Well, rightfully so. Well, yeah. like, almost immediately, <laughs> tanks rolled up. Like how many tanks, like four to five tanks rolled up. The people who were around the tanks were like mooning the compound and flipping them off. And it's just for a bunch of like super religious, like a super religious background, these kids barely even watch TV. It's like and now there's these like horrible people out there, just Mm -hmm. what you'd call like heathens out out in the world It's just like why would i very unprofessional very
0: disrespectful just like if this is like if this is really a two-sided altercation and we're just at a standstill here then why are you guys being douchebags like let's talk about it
2: (laughs) right and they definitely talked about the difference between the um Negotiating team and the tactical team there—they weren't ever on the same page. Like the negotiators would say, "Oh, we're going to do this, this, this," and we're not going to cut the power. And then all of a sudden, the tactical team would be being douchebags out there provoking them. And then half an hour later, they'd go cut the the power
0: or something like that to the the compound. At, at what point did the audio tape come out of the little girl saying, "Are you going to come kill me? Are you guys going to kill me?" So, go, yeah. Go ahead, so Justin.
1: Basic, yeah. So, um, it's. I, I don't remember exactly just to get the context to the listeners in in the documentaries and at the end we'll go through all these give all the resources of everything and what to watch and everything um but they gave videotapes to the people inside Mount Carmel and they released video footage of the people inside to show we're okay we're this is what we're doing mm-hmm. they Koresh wanted to release some things out to the world and as you mentioned there is this there were some kids who who were legitimately horrified. You know, they they thought that the the oh, yeah. they were killed. <laughs> they've and, seen well, that's six how
2: people they, die. Well, yeah. and that's how they've been raised that, or right like taught that Babylon is going to come in and like come af- at them and destroy them all, or attempt to destroy them all. And they are seeing all this quote unquote prophecy coming true right before their eyes. Like yeah. everything that David Koresh has been teaching them for years now or since the kids were born it's just like well this is all coming true now and obviously um i would be terrified in that situation i'd be terrified
0: as the adults
2: in this situation yeah. let alone the and, kids and, and well, to
0: be clear none of us are like huge david Krish sympathizers i assume i mean like there yeah, was no. probably some weird stuff going on but the real the real question is like what was legal and what was illegal enough to warrant the actions that were taken, so whatever not like whatever David branch Davidians but, here defending
1: yeah. <laughs> what- whatever David Koresh did, it did not justify what happened to those children. No. nothing could have justified what happened to those right. children right so, so um so go into. Did you talk about the psychological warfare yet? Yeah, I was—I was literally just going to bring that up. So we talked yeah. because you had mentioned mooning earlier, and I wanted to expand upon—you know, what what did the outside do to the people inside? Because if they were claiming that they just wanted to, you know, save the kids and get the people out safely, mm-hmm. I mean, not only did they cut power, they mm-hmm. cut water to the point where the Davidians literally had to put buckets outside to collect rainwater to—they were rationing water to survive. They were shining bright lights at nighttime so they couldn't sleep. They were playing the sounds of a slaughterhouse of animals being mm-hmm. killed all throughout the night to, you know, to t- disturb not only the you know the adults but obviously the children too. Right, I don't right. think that was tent, but a, a, an unfortunate consequence. And what was that song in the documentary? It's, I, know I don't have, remember.
0: I was, I was going to say the boot that. song. These boots yeah, are made for walking. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: By, was, uh. Be- spamming that song nonstop playing
0: over loudspeakers and bright lights, just like psychological warfare, trying to break these people of their mental capacities. And they're saying that these people are crazy to begin with, and they just want peace. They just want to, you know, get to the, the bottom of the situation, but they're trying to mentally break these people.
2: Well, that's what, what I had got, like what I had thought was you're under the impression that David Koresh is an insane person who is trigger happy obviously because he just shot up a bunch supposedly ambushed you and shot up a bunch of your agents so let's drive him more insane let's make let's him do mad let see how to... he
0: responds let's make yeah. him snap
2: completely
0: <laughs> like i mean there has to there probably isn't but you would think there'd be something illegal about that action because it's like you're not trying to resolve the situation. You're not trying to do anything other than give yourself more of a reason to go in and fulfill your your action. Um, you're trying to make them push back just so that you can be justified in taking further action.
2: Right there, was a, right. there was there was a point during an FBI press like conference, and somebody, one of the reporters, was like, "Can you um, go into the?" Uh, allegations of uh, psychological warfare that are going on every all every night and he's like i'm not sure what you're talking about and she's (laughs) like love
0: that song (laughs) um
2: well she's like that's what she was the person was like well there's reports that you're blasting nancy sinatra there's reports that you're shining lights cutting the power and he's like I'm not sure about that, but it's highly unlikely. And <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> come on! Like they were covered. Like from day one, from the initial um, screw up with with the raid, the failed raid, it was just a constant cover our ass for the rest of this time. Like right. they pushed the whole time during the siege. This is when they pushed the media clear back like a mile away from the front side of the compound. I want to say when it was it,
1: like three miles or something. It was it was long it was ways far. away,
2: and um. So they still had a few of the one side of the compound, but all the military actions and what they were doing was on the other side of the compound. So anything that they would have been doing wouldn't have necessarily been picked up on camera because they were pushed so far away. It's just like we don't want our asses to show anymore, and we're going to make sure we cover them completely right. from now on for and, 51 – the 51 days.
0: Right, and the, the Branch Davidians were – they put out the uh, – iconic banner that says, like, we want the media, basically. Like, we want to talk to the press. And there's there's video in one of the documentaries where they have video of some of the press people and they're like, well, guess what? We are the press. But it's like, if you guys are being pushed back, then what difference does it make?
1: Right. Yeah, right. there was another banner where it was like, Rodney King, we understand. Yeah. Uh, there was some... It was, it was pretty <laughs> well, That was, I
2: think, the yeah. same year, just the following year from the whole Rodney King incident. And mm-hmm. so... There's all kinds of tension between the government and humanity right now. This was what like not long after that the Ruby Ridge incident, which we've never really talked about, but that's a whole nother story.
1: But um, we'll, we'll get to that towards the end. Yeah, right.
2: Um, so there's just a lot of conflict already between like big government and and just like normal citizens. Um, did you guys get ever watch the the Bill Hicks version like documentary where he rolled in and was trying to get some footage? No, yeah, I yeah. That Bill, sounds Bill Hicks took. Bill Hicks took his. Uh,
0: um, like while it was going on, for, or producer we... guy.
2: Yeah, this was like day seven when Bill oh. Hicks like oh. was trying to get. He was trying to roll in whether he's Alex Jones or those, not.
0: I need to see that.
2: <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't. The he doesn't really get too much. But you can tell he's like probably wasted the whole time. But um, because he, he keeps going into the Branch Davidian. Breakaway of the Seventh Day Adventist, Adventist Zionist. And he keeps expanding on it every time he says it, so it turns into the Catholic <laughs> Lutheran branch of the Seventh Day Mormon Zionist. <laughs> so he just—you can tell he's like wasted. But at one point, the thing I wanted to point out was when he—they first got there, and um, they rolled up to one of the checkpoints, and they, he's like, um "Yeah." They're like, where are you going? He's like, I just want to get as close as I can. That's where I want to mm-hmm. go. And he's like, do you got a press pass? And he's like, I didn't know we'd need a press pass. He's like, well, there's a lot of people forming up there to watch the show, is basically what the guy oh says. like, this is like a big show. Like, right. public is like forming along the mountain ridge or the, or the higher ground up there. And... Just, yeah. just basically to watch it and see what happens. Like it's, like it's a reality show at this point.
0: Yeah, it, it makes it seem like the government took it as like a yeah, no concern here. This is going to go right. our way. There's not going to be any pushback, no blowback, no nothing. Like this is a show. You can stand over there and watch. This is going to be fine. It'll all be wrapped so up I w- shortly.
1: I want to give, I want to give some credibility to the government on a couple things. And that's not really credibility, but I want to give shill. Try be as fair as possible. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, David Koresh and the hostage negotiation team, when they were talking a lot about when are they going to come out, uh, there were a lot of back and forth about Koresh mm. saying, "I'll come out after this," and then uh, God it was told something him like, not to. "Yeah, God told him not to." Now, mm. whether or not we believe God actually spoke to the man, whether or not he actually believed he was told that, that's a very hard question to answer. Right. Um, right. But eventually, I, I wanted to get to this point. Towards the end of the, you know, towards the end in April, Koresh announced that God had spoken with him about an important part of their whole religion is about the the seven seals in Revelations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it was that. And he, how he, the whole the whole th- point was to try to like decipher them and figure out what what they meant because it's I'm I'm not super familiar with this, but it's something like there's a lot of cryptic commentary in there or something uh,
2: most from what I heard most Christians or most religions that follow the Bible um, believe that we won't know exactly what it says until the returning of Christ and he interprets it for us and he actually believed that too yeah, because he had said that God had told him not to write anything well then at this point he like you said he came out and said "Um, God just told me to start writing and he's giving me the interpretation now Honestly,
0: that's, that's um, uh, being, like I said, a guy who didn't know really anything about this beforehand until a, maybe two, three weeks ago, uh, thats that was kind of the most compelling stuff to me. Like Whether this guy's crazy or not, that's very compelling to have a guy who's like, yeah, I, uh, I'm not going to write anything because God told me not to, and now I'm going to interpret this stuff. Like I want to dig into that more. I didn't have a chance to, but... We're not really here to break down David Koresh as much as we are to talk about the th- siege.
2: I would like to see. I I don't think they probably haven't. I would like to see his translation to actually read Absolutely. his translation. That's what I'm saying. I, would, yeah. I mean, it, it actually survived. survived. So, I yeah, I saw that they had actually pulled some of yes. it pulled a bunch which, of it out of the fire,
1: which is proof that he actually was working on it. I believe he had translated the first seal and he was working on the second when, mm-hmm. and now we get to the, fa- the Hold on. day. Of Before
0: the- we get there, yep. Uh, the The fact that it survived was a really compelling point to me because that's not normal conspiracy stuff. Like normally in a conspiracy, you've got a fire and something survives that is damning to the people that are being talked about. Like the the passport on 9-11 or there's always a piece of paper that proves that the conspiracy is wrong. But this time there was a thing that survived that was a, uh, a collection of papers that... Uh, actually proved that he was, you know, doing what he said he was doing. Yeah. Well, that's the
2: whole thing. Like, when they decided enough's enough, um, a lot of, like, the higher-ups in the FBI were like, well, he keeps stalling on us. He's saying he's writing these. He's not doing it. He's not meeting his end of the bargain. He's just stalling. He's just making up another lie to Mm -hmm. stall for this. But the fact that some of it survived means... He was actually holding yeah. up to his end of the deal. He was actually writing these. So, yeah,
0: my, my point is it's crazy that that came out <laughs> to, to, you know, prove in his favor that he was actually writing something.
2: I will give... $100 to the person that let finds those papers and lets me read them.
0: <laughs> Maybe you should ask, has anybody p- posted these online or anything before you offer up money for something that is common knowledge? It's only, it's only $100. <laughs> yeah, somebody will Google it, like email it to me tomorrow. It's like, damn it. Yep. I don't want the actual papers.
2: I don't want an email. I want the actual original documents well, for $100. <laughs> that's that's...
0: – <laughs> That's quite a oh, hey. quite
1: a steal. Oh, yeah, they're they're for free
0: online. I just pulled them. <laughs> yeah, up Yeah, right that's here. what I thought. Uh, how much is redacted? Are there like blacked out parts?
1: Uh, no. I, I, if this is it, I'm not sure. I just googled Koresh seals. This might not be it. But whatever. I'll, I'll look. We'll look but, into it. Sorry. all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody You're comes to the system's I down for.
0: Do. <laughs> nobody comes to the system's down for hardcore like full knowledge. So let's continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. So, um, basically. As Craig had mentioned earlier, there were tanks that were brought eventually, and throughout this entire time, leading up until the, the 19th, um, when they were deciding, you know, what, what are they going to do, how are they going to get get these people out of there and end this thing because that's really what at that at at that point most americans were like they just want this to be done unfortunately they just wanted these people dead at this point they didn't really care about them coming out alive um the tanks had been clearing out and destroying everything around mount carmel uh destroying go-karts destroying vehicles destroying smaller structures just clearing everything out clearing
2: clearing the trees any anything that's going to potentially um, block any view or
0: do we know if that's, like, I don't know, like, is that, was that intentionally a show of force? Was it, like, called on, like, was it ordered to happen, or was I it? it was
2: str- I think it was strategic, personally. Well, I, think I was. mean,
0: these guys, from what we say with, like, the uh, running over the graves with the tanks that they that were freshly dug um, like mooning people flipping people off it could have just been a dick move <laughs> like
1: right. well yeah and then I mean uh, on the final day on the 19th of April when the fire happens which we'll get to in a minute I mean they they literally raised the ATF and FBI flag in place of their, right. own flag yes. their that, was,
2: that was the just, most dick move I had seen on the whole thing that was a whole it was not um, professional
1: at all
0: wasn't professional, these were like the um, the the o g video game trolls right here, <laughs> like these guys like, came in, killed a bunch of people, and then they raised their flag and like middle fingers
2: right at points leading up to this last this final day, there was a point where this grandma of one of the the people inside wanted to come. she said, um if she could talk to her grandson, she could get him to exit the compound or put down his weapons and stuff. Yeah. Wait, wasn't and,
1: that wasn't that Koresh's grandmother?
2: I can't remember who, it, whose
0: grandma it was. I just,
2: I okay. just heard it was a member of somebody in there, like one of the members. I could be wrong, so, but uh,
0: I, I don't, I don't it, think it was Koresh's. It might have been, well, she, I could be wrong.
2: Yeah, she had said, she had finished talking to him and went to, went to leave, and one of the people, and this was shortly before the last day, one of the people was like, um, uh-huh hope she knows that's like her last chance to say goodbye or something like that something ridiculous like that like they knew something was coming or <laughs> they had no intention at least their at least their attitude was these people aren't coming out alive yeah. at this point like yeah. even if they didn't necessarily have it planned members of the people like the FBI the around with the guns, their atti- <laughs> yeah
0: are ready attitude to fire was, or we're ready to go
2: right their attitude was they're not coming out of here mm-hmm. so which
0: it's a game, and it, it's it's played as a game against crazy people, so people don't care that these right. are people. Well,
1: so I think we should talk a little bit about um, Janet Reno's involvement, the Attorney General, the plan on how are they going to get these kids out. The idea of the use of CS gas as a mm-hmm. way of, you know, f- have you have either one of you experienced CS
2: gas? I have not
0: nope. experienced. CS it sounds gas. fun. I have. It oh, is, you have. Yes.
2: <laughs> it is miserable. It's n- CS gas is not a gas. It's, a, it's like a fine powder, actually, that's carried by air. So it resembles a gas. And so this fine powder gets in, like, your mucous membranes and stuff and just burns the hell out of you. For the most part, isn't going to kill you normally when it's, like, controlled. But still... If you're not wearing a gas mask, it is damn near impossible to breathe, impossible to see anything. So the the thought of escaping after you've been gassed as much as they appear to be shooting into this compound, mm-hmm. I don't understand how people could get out if they wanted to. Because like I said, it gets in your eyes. It gets in your – like they tell you not to – because I had to do gas chamber drills in the military, and then it was using CS gas. And they tell you not to wear contacts in because if – some of the powder gets behind your contacts. It'll damage your your corneas. It'll like scratch your corneas. So it's just Sorry, going in like, blind
0: and leaving blinder.
2: Pretty <laughs> much, yes. Or you wear glasses under your your gas mask. Uh, anyway, it's just miserable. Like you can go back into Janet Reno, Reno's plan. I just wanted to talk about CS gas for a second yeah,
0: because
1: we'll, we'll definitely get to that.
0: All um, right, guys. Before we get into Janet Reno. I'm going to wrap up <laughs> the first half of this because that'll make my editing job way easier later and say that we're going to pick up again in a week or maybe a couple of weeks with Janet Reno. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. Dun,
2: dun, do, dun, dun, dun,
0: dun. Hey, guys. Thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this was the first half of a two-parter. The second half will be coming probably in a couple of weeks because I've got something special planned for next week. But I'm not going to make you wait too long because I do think that this is a story that needs to be shared right away. In the meantime, if you could please go check out the Downers Club for as little as $1 a month, that would make me super happy. And there's no risk. You can join for $1. You can try it out for a month. In that month, you're probably going to be getting 16 or 17 bonus episodes for that $1. And if that's not good enough for you, the second month, you can just cancel. No hard feelings. To join, just go to tsidpod.com forward slash support. Also go check out the System is Down forum. That is completely free, and it's a great way for you to find and interact with people that like the same weird stuff that you do. You can find that by going to tsidpod.com forward slash forum or just going to Facebook and typing in the System is Down forum. Also, please go to iTunes and subscribe and review the show. That is one of the best ways for you to, for no expense, help us grow and legitimize the show. Also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is fb.com forward slash the system is down. Twitter is at tsidpod. Do all of that, and I'll be back here next week with some more uncomfortable content for you. Until then, question everything and stay uncomfortable. Thanks. This has been a Goulash Media production, goulashmedia.net. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.